Welcome to On The Move, the global mobility podcast brought to you by Vialto Partners. Vialto is your ally in mobility, tax and immigration solutions. We spark meaningful growth for your business and your people. At Vialto, we push the boundaries of global mobility, powering positive outcomes in business and beyond. Our teams partner closely with you, providing extensive expertise and seamless tech-enabled experiences so you can mobilize a dynamic global workforce and unlock potential. Hi, and welcome to On The Move, the global mobility podcast from Vialto Partners. This is series two of our employment tax series, where we'll be discussing year-end preparation for territories which do not have a calendar year-end. I'm Clara Flynn, and I'm an employment tax director with Vialto based in Ireland. And today I'm joined by my colleagues, Phil Davis and Deborah Salmon. Phil is a senior manager within our payroll team, and Deborah is a senior manager on the employment tax team. Today, we're going to discuss what employers need to consider in preparing for year-end in the UK. Deborah, turning to you first, what are the actions employers need to take at your end? Thanks, Clara. There are a few compliance actions that need to be undertaken as part of the year-end process. The obvious one is the P60, which needs to be issued to employees by the 31st of May if they were employed at the 5th of April. This is a statement of the gross taxable pay, as well as the tax and national insurance withheld from their pay. The other actions are in relation to benefits and expenses reporting. The P11D is a statement of the expenses and benefits provided to the employee that were not payrolled. This, along with the P11D, which is the employer's overall summary of the Class 1A national insurance due, must be filed with HMRC by the 6th of July following the end of the tax year. And of course, you must also issue those P11Ds to the employees by the same date. The final action I'm going to talk about is the PEY settlement agreement. This is an agreement with HMRC that allows employers to settle an employer's tax liability, as well as the associated employer Class 1B national insurance, on benefits and expenses that are deemed minor, irregular or impractical in a one-off payment following the end of the tax year. If employers already have a PEY settlement agreement in place with HMRC, then unless there is a specified deadline from HMRC, we generally suggest that the submission can be made alongside the payment which has a deadline of the 22nd of October if paying electronically. If an employer does not yet have a pay-as-you-earn settlement agreement, then firstly, we'd recommend getting one in place. Or if there are changes to an existing agreement, then the deadline to do this is the 5th of July following the end of the tax year. Great. Thanks, Deb. And Phil, from a payroll perspective then, what are the typical issues we see arising for employers when they're completing the year-end payroll processes? The main thing that comes to mind on this one, and and this might sound a little bit strange, is that we can see a lot of challenges and we've seen it in practical terms where imbalances are occurring between the RTI submissions that payroll submitting to HMRC and and the receipts from the HMRC side. And similarly, um, a a challenge around the misallocation of uh, the payments. So where the monthly periodic payments of PAYE and national insurance are being made by employers to HMRC, we're seeing that Quite often, the, the allocation is being carried out or executed incorrectly by HMRC and payments for a given period aren't being allocated to the period that they relate to. And also, you know, really strangely, um, we've also seen where multiple PAYE schemes for a group of companies where there are a number of different payrolls that are being 
um, looked after under different, very separate PAYE schemes, but under the same overall organisation, some of the payments are being misallocated across those schemes. Um, and as I say, um, we are seeing this in practice. And um, yeah, it's, it's one that just comes to mind as particularly because unravelling that, doing investigations into it can be a real time sink and a real frustration um, for organisations, particularly because the organisation, the employer's house is in order and your payroll is working as it should be, but there is an issue potentially on the HMRC side in terms of the way that they're connecting up the feeds and the submissions. It can also lead to penalties and interest charges um, from the revenue side. If HMRC aren't connecting that up, they think that there's a problem on the organisation side and, as I say, can, can lead to those penalties and interest, which in a lot of cases aren't correct and it's a problem on the HMRC side. One of the things that can make this really problematic um, to unravel is actually getting in front of uh, an HMRC representative. We're finding a lot of cases where there's a long call waiting time trying to get hold of someone on the revenue side, 45 to minutes to an hour of waiting time. Sometimes you can get disconnected you know, midway through the conversation and there's no way of getting back in contact with that agent you were speaking to. So I think um, that encapsulates some of the real problems that we can face, which are outside of our control. I would say that we've had some success in using the HMRC chat function, where um, obviously that, that removes the need to wait for a, a lengthy time to speak to an agent. So that's maybe something that we'd recommend um, to some of our, the organisations that might be facing these problems and challenges. I think the other thing I'd mention as well is that FPS adjustments are sometimes something you realise at the end of the tax year that there may be a gap in reporting income or reporting uh, some of your reporting processes and you realise that there's an FPS adjustment that's going to need to be done. Of course, once the tax year is closed, that's your only route um, for going in and making those payroll adjustments for the prior tax year. And I'd just call out as well um, a pretty obvious one that you have to brace yourself for employee inquiries, the volumes on those increasing when you move into a new tax year. Great. Thanks, Phil. And, and yeah, that's very interesting. I, I don't think employers would be expecting to see those balances, you know, where they've done everything from their end and they'd be expecting, you know, those feeds to HMRC to be largely automated. So you know, we definitely wouldn't be expecting to see those mills allocations happening. And, and it's definitely something that employers need to watch out for at the year end. I suppose looking ahead then, you know, Deb and, and Phil, what are your key three items for employers and employees to consider in advance of the new tax year? Deb, maybe to you first. Yeah, of course. So from an employment tax perspective, it's usually wise to do a review of all the expenses and benefits provided to your employees, basically to check that you're confident in the tax and national insurance treatment, as well as any reporting requirements. So as an example, you may need to add further categories to your PAY settlement agreement or you might decide to payroll benefits to reduce the administrative burden of preparing P11Ds. If you want to do this, then you must register to formally payroll benefits via the HMRC online gateway before the start of the tax year in which you want to start payrolling benefits. As I said earlier, with PEY settlement agreements, you have a deadline of 5th of July following the end of the tax year to amend any categories. So I'll hand over to Phil now to talk through some of the payroll aspects. Thanks, Deb. So, and I'd also add to that from, from my perspective on the, the payroll software side of things. One of the, the, the kind of key staging considerations for employers is making sure that your, your payroll software, your payroll solution is geared up for the new tax year. You've obviously got to consider any changes to um, the PAYE and national insurance positions for the new tax year as and when they're announced by, by the UK government. 
so you could be looking at any changes to rates, bands and thresholds for PAYE and national insurance. Of course, for this tax year, being specific for the 23-24 year, we're looking at the starting point for where you pay um, the highest rate of tax, so 45% in um, England, Wales and Northern Ireland and 46% in Scotland. So that has lowered um, from 150,000 per year to 125,000, 140 pounds. So a lot more employees are going to be paying at the, uh, the that highest rate from the 23-24 tax year. So it's making sure that your payroll solution uh, has been changed for that configuration for for the for the highest rate to start collecting the tax and calculating it at that higher rate. Also, the Scottish higher rate of tax has increased from 41 to 42 percent with effect from the new tax year. So it's making sure that a you've got that um, solution um, and the thresholds changed in your solution that you've tested it thoroughly to make sure that you're getting the right results so that you're in a really good place for the the month one calculation in the new tax year. Of course, if it's not an internal solution that you're using, an in-house um, software um, platform, and you're um, outsourcing that, then of course you need to make sure that your third party is doing that and that has all of that configuration in place and has carried out all of the testing. It's fair to say that um, where um, grossed up income or uh, tax equalized income or net income, whatever you want to, you know, you're more familiar with in terms of your, your reference for those types of net grossed up income, that's going to be a lot more challenging um, for payroll solutions and, and for your third party providers to make sure that those changes are configured and tested. So it's just making sure that there's extra care and consideration around that because it requires a lot more sophistication, of course. It's worth noting that there are fewer changes for 23-24 because the national insurance positions are going to remain static. The personal allowance is going to remain the same. The UK government announced that those are, those are going to remain static. So that does mean that there's less changes to consider, but it doesn't change the fact that you need to make sure you're staged and prepared for the higher rate of tax changing and also for that Scottish rate um, of 41 to 42%. I'd probably want to as well just put it out there that, that you know you need to keep an eye on the national minimum wage um, and the national living wage changes. So the national living wage is going to change. Um, it's going to be raised to ten pounds forty-two, and I know that's not necessarily a payroll specific um, consideration per se. The income that will feed into the payroll team comes from your HR platform and your HR data, but it's just something to be aware of. I think that's everything on the the, the software configuration changes. I think I'd just like to plug into this before we finish on this particular question, that there are the obvious employee perspectives on this. Um, when you move into the new tax year, there are new tax code changes, which um, will feed automatically from HMRC. The changes that we've just outlined in terms of the you know that highest rate of tax changing, those are going to lead to a lot of employee queries. So I think employers and organisations are going to want to be braced for that. I think that it's a bit of a challenge because the employees will contact their payroll team and ask questions around why my tax code has changed. And you can't answer that question. Um, it, it's something that the individuals are going to have to raise directly with HMRC when they've got questions of that nature. Um, so I think all you can do is direct your employees to have those conversations, contact HMRC, perhaps have a look on your online profile on your online account on the HMRC website, because there is some useful information which explains how your tax code has been derived. But HMRC aren't going to discuss those personal specifics with the payroll team. So it, you have to brace yourself for those inquiries and the fact that the individuals are probably going to have to try and resolve them themselves. 
other than that, I think that that's covered, you know, the main points in terms of, you know, what to consider and what to brace yourself for um, for the new tax year. Great. Thank you, Phil and Deborah. There are lots of actions for UK employers to undertake at the minute, it seems. So that's it from this episode of On The Move. We'd like to thank you for joining us today and we hope that it was time well spent for you. In future episodes in this series, we'll be talking to Vialto experts in relation to year-end preparation for other territories with upcoming year-ends, so keep an eye out for those. In our upcoming series, we'll also tackle other topics in the world of employment tax that can help you better understand and anticipate the challenges and opportunities that come with operating a global workforce. If you'd like to learn more about what we do, we invite you to visit www.vialto.com. Until then, thanks for listening and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to On The Move, the global mobility podcast brought to you by Vialto Partners. For more information, please visit us at www.vialto.com. Vialto Partners and Vialto refers to the subsidiaries of CD&R, Galaxy UK Opco Limited, as well as the other members of the Vialto Partners global network. The information contained in this podcast is for general guidance on matters of interest only. Vialto is not responsible for any errors or omissions, or for the results obtained from use of this information.